Welcome back to another episode of the Unran Podcast. It's your girl, Steha. Hey guys, it's Yam. Hey, it's Emma. Welcome back to another episode. We're so excited that you're here. You are awesome. So today we have our lovely friend, Eden. She's Hi. here to join Thanks us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, we're excited that you're here. So Eden is a crime junkie like us. <laughs> she yes. loves all the murder stories and all of the true crime stories. So today we're doing another one since it's Halloween season. It's the last week of October. Spooky season. Yeah, so we're going to do a couple of murder stories, but let's start with our highs and lows. Eden, since you're the guest, do you want to start? Yes. Okay, my high is that I'm here. We're talking true crime, my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't really have any lows. Yeah, I'm doing good. Emma, do you want to go? I have to think about mine. You have to think about (laughs) yours. I have to think. Um, Well, I have a big low. I'm sick. I'm losing my voice. I'm in pain all over, but inshallah, I'll get better. Okay, so my high is that I, on Friday, I went home to surprise my sister for her birthday, and she wasn't expecting it, and she literally cried of joy. (laughs) Yeah, um, and then my low would be that I'm sick. I have a really bad cold, and I hope that it goes away, so inshallah. Inshallah. I'm better. Um, my low is that I think I reported a couple of weeks ago that my car broke and, and then I got it fixed. So for a couple of weeks, I was doing fine dandy on Friday. She just had to act up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, why, like what she needs from me. I literally just gave her details. So this I spent so much money. Yeah. To fix her. And now she's messed up again. But then this morning when I turned on my car, all the lights are off. So I just feel like she's messing with me. Maybe it's like a sensor issue. And maybe there's nothing really wrong with her. Since it's I'm hoping. Maybe it's a ghost. Maybe. It's not a lot. Can you imagine like, having a ghost next to me and I'm just yeah. driving? Yeah. What do I look like? A Uber? You better, you better hop on. Yo, take me to the graveyard real quick. <laughs> But then my high is just, it's the beginning of this week. I just feel like this weekend, um, I just chilled all day yesterday, kind of stayed at home, fixed up some things. So I feel like right now my life is like nice, organized, neat. My laundry's mm-hmm. done. Like, I just feel like I'm starting this week very nicely. I like that. I relate to that. That's that's my high. I had a weekend to myself. God knows how long it's been since I had a weekend to myself. So it was nice being a bum and literally just like watching Netflix for hours, just like relaxing I took care of like all my house chores and stuff so I'm going into the new week pretty much done with everything alhamdulillah so that's awesome um I don't think I have a a low for this week it's just the weather's kind of gloomy but that's it it's fall as expected yeah yeah it's gonna snow soon too don't say that a year ago it was snowing right didn't you say a year ago it was snowing two years ago I had a snapchat notification that told me two years ago that's so heartbreaking the the sad part is like literally last week or the week before I was admiring the the leaves and it it changed colors Mm -hmm. and then today I go and I'm like I want to take an Instagram picture and I go around like my neighborhood and all the leaves are on the floor and I'm like this it's just so sad (laughs) it happens so quickly my low low is daylight savings this next weekend and like that's when the seasonal depression Hits. This is so dark. So I'm shook. I feel like it, it hit me last week. Like when it, it was but raining it's the second and it was windy. Like okay, oh, yeah. but then we had this week, this past week that we just had was pretty much nice because like there were several days where it was like 65 degrees almost. Yeah. It was sunny. Like it was nice. Yeah. I, I remember just like driving. I'm like, wow, this is nice. But like next week by 4 p.m. it's gonna be dark. Wow. Like, it's going to be dark. Like, and when you wake up. So exactly. you're waking up to the dark. To the darkness, mm-hmm. and you're going to come home to darkness. So I heard that yeah, there's, okay. a, I guess there's a girl that we work with. She has a seasonal depression lamp. That mm-hmm. she we do. I have one. You probably can get and it free. Really, from where? From where? Through your insurance. You just got to, you guys got to use your insurance. I call, I, I always call and ask, like, what can I get for free? Or if there's yeah. something I'm thinking about, you can get. Like, health insurance? Yeah. Yeah. 
They, mm. I'm about to oh, call oh, I'm mean. the queen of call things just before I go to Me next too. Like, say, what is, is this woman covered? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm going to call and be like, yo, so I, I need to get a You may have to be diagnosed as Yeah, like, that, you need that's to get the thing, Can I self-diagnose myself? No, no, no. You can literally <laughs> just go to your primary doctor and be like, yo, like, it's season depression yeah right. just like, tell them what it is because seasonal you, affective disorder yes. says yeah i need okay. a light and doctors are going to give you whatever you want true 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 i need to do that this week yeah since i'm already going to go see the doctor i might as well i think i would keep my well get it but i really want that lamp and i also heard like there's light bulbs because today i was at menards and i was trying to look for it but mm-hmm. i couldn't find the area and i didn't want to ask and i was in a rush but i really want to find the light bulbs and just change all the light bulbs in my my room or like mm-hmm. the bathroom like certain places you're at all the time mm-hmm. and then just see if you could like, I'm sure that that's helps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yo, like, it does. Like the lighting, it really, really mm-hmm. does. Like last one, that's the only way I survived. Just, I had all my lights on in my living room. Yeah. You guys see, I got lamps everywhere. Mm. Wow. Wow. Saved by the light. So we gotta, we gotta survive, you guys. Honestly, I'm ready. And the, the, the wild thing to me is everybody, like, the fact that we never move. The fact that we always sit here and complain. And I, I kid you not, I, I, was, I was watching a friend, like, one of my friend's uh, uh, Instagram stories today, and she was talking about how, like, how rough it was, like, last winter, how she, like, made it through or whatever, things that she did to make it through. And I'm like, why don't we just move? Like, simple option, why don't we just move? But it's I'm so saying this to myself, like, why don't I just pack up and move? Why don't I just leave? But it's like, I got so many roots here. And yeah. I can't it's, it's like rough. leaving, you're leaving so many people behind, too. Like, Entire, uh, like I, I remember having a conversation with my cousin, actually. Like, if me and her move to California, mm-hmm. then the rest of the family is going to have to come visit forced us. Move, yeah. And then they're going to like it, and then they're forced to move. So I'm like, All we right. just move everyone goes. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I don't know how long of a process. leave from our families... And then, or the five of us, we're five, right? Four. four. Damn, I don't know math. I'm math challenged. But if the four of us leave, our families are going to come out. So I think we just need to take one for the team. Really? But where would we move besides California? I Honestly, Like San Diego, I feel like. San Diego, I'm coming My mom loves Orange County. I don't know what it is. Well, she got Orange County. Like, I don't know where she got those from. San those Jose. Are, yeah, but it's San Jose. Those are her places. Tell her to pack up her things. She Let's doesn't even move to the, yeah. She doesn't need to move to, city. to San Francisco. Yeah. I was telling her we kind of, like, drove through San Jose. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you should have called me, like, to look for housing. <laughs> like, so to found out about the school system there and all this stuff. And I'm like, Mom, you're doing the most. Let's go, guys. I'm dead serious. Let's make this our last winter in Minnesota. Last winter. And just leave. I think, I think I need one more winter here. One more. Not one. Not I need it, but I think I need another year After to this prepare. One? To prepare to leave after this one, too? yeah. To Ooh. say you said to, you want to move, right? Yeah, you were yeah. supposed to be the first one to but, go, Eden. But I want to move for grad school, so mm-hmm. like I want to leave for that's a good couple years to get exactly. And then if I want to come back, I come back. Minnesota's not that that's bad. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, just too. the winter. It's the winter. No, honestly, yeah. I was literally thinking, I'm like, how can I be bi coastal? Like, can I be bi coastal? Yes, yeah, right? like, yeah. Like, yeah, and then like come back in the fall. Like, yeah, do I have that money, honey? I need that money. Things though, because Minnesota is a really good exactly. state to I live love in. Minnesota, yeah. to that's why I don't want to give it up. Better that's why I want to go care, half here, like, half there. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to learn to love the winter. Yeah, I cannot. We, we can. The sun is gone, and I am such a person who loves the do sun. Do winter, do snow activities. I cannot. <laughs> you, you don't understand. I love the sun, and the sun loves me. I like physically need to see the sun. But the sun does come out in the winter. You make it seem like we live in it. But no, no, no. And that's the days that it does. The days that it does, it's nice. But let's be honest. Most of the time, it's not. Yeah. So I that's what gets I think it's 
because you wake cold up too. It's, it's the cold, cold. It's the cold for me. I can, I it's the cold for me. I don't care for the snow, the sun. No. Like, I don't. But it's the cold. Like just the moment. Like, the snow gives me anxiety. I hate driving in the snow. It, it makes me so scared to drive. The fact that the sun is gone oh, yeah. causes me anxiety. The roads are icy and it's dark. Like I hate driving at nighttime, but it's like you have to in the winter time because mm-hmm. the sun's gone most of the time. It's just it's, it's just the whole mess. I can't. I don't like leaving my house during the winter at all. There's no one thing you don't like about winter. I don't. I hate every. I hate every aspect of it. I hate about when it's so beautiful. I don't care for it. I really don't care for it. Like people talk about the first snowfall. I hate it. I don't care. I don't care. Leave Minnesota. What about a nice cup of coffee on a cold day? I don't drink hot coffee. I drink hot cocoa. I don't like hot cocoa. What about like the pie? Tea. Season? I don't care for any of that. I hate Christmas. I don't really give a damn about Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like fall. That's it. And then as soon as November hits, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I hate everything else after. I okay, can't. I'm gonna work with you so we can love this winter. I, I you don't understand Eden. But you know, like doing or standing. Exactly. You have to do that thing, stuff to no, love it. No, the good thing for this for me this winter, I feel like that's gonna help me survive more. Is the fact that I'm working full time from home now, so I don't have to go oh, outside. Yeah. Like I don't have to. That's worse. I want to. No, no, no. It's not because my apartment you saw when you came in all the lights are on so to me it's daylight it's sunny like in my mind it's beautiful and it's amazing and i don't have to go out and deal with it unless i like need something from the outside world you sound so antisocial well i am like is that a surprise to you i love my house i love staying in my apartment okay see we're gonna we're gonna plan events for all of us to love you don't understand there's like probably three years in a row that i've been trying to plan something for my birthday weekend to try to do some sort of sledding every single time and something happens and it never works out i have an idea just have <laughs> I have an idea, guys. <laughs> you should do. It. Yeah, my sister wants to do a cabin. Yeah, my sister wants to do a cabin. In like Duluth. Yeah, she wants to go we somewhere. Should. She wants to go camping. I said, I said nothing. Not camping, camping. Glamping. glamping. I'm not doing yeah, glamping. I said, I'm not. I'm not with this. Well, I'm not with it. Yeah, because I'm. Like, we could go to go. She wants to go to like. We could go to a camping like area, but I want to stay in a bed. Like absolutely, I sleep on absolutely. Her bed. Even that to me sounds horrific because can't like cabins are dark. You're in the middle of nowhere. I hate woods. You just need to for the ride. Like, We're gonna make no, it no, 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 like the thing is, it's like woodsy stuff and the cold. I hate the cold. It's most likely gonna be cold. You have to have like an actual fire. So I, I hate it. I am. I'm the legit. When we went to California, you didn't want to go inside the water because you didn't want to swim. What do you like? We didn't go to we didn't go to water in California. You you refuse to swim in the summer. So what do you like to do? I don't like swimming. What do you want from me? I don't like the things that I don't like. If you're gonna live in the West Coast, you gotta like be a beach girl. That's what it is. Who says I have to go swimming? You have. I don't have to go swimming, but I want to do. I, listen, I have my autonomy. You're canceled. Res- respect, it. respect my agency. Respect my 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 decision to make mm-hmm. m- make my own self made decisions to be like this is not a task that I would like to engage in, and that's not respect it. Respect me. Yeah, okay, this has a list of things she doesn't want to do is very long. So let's I'm gear very back to the things that she yeah, likes to do. Like true crime. Okay, yes. <laughs> true crime. That's something we can agree on. Like. Okay, so let's gear back. We should have done this in a cabin and told spooky stories for a cabin. Never. <laughs> Never. That's She's locked right now, though. Like, if it's, right. No, my, I'm not going to go for a weekend, guys. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> I'll do a day trip. Come back to my house. <laughs> and I'm back. Okay, who wants to start our spooky episode? Actually, you start. Yeah, you start. I don't want to. I, I've been talking a lot. I feel like my, my voice needs to rest. <laughs> okay, I can start. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, go off then. Okay, <clears throat> have any of you guys heard of Rodney Alcala? Rodney Alcala. No. Okay, as I describe it, you might start but to the realize name, yeah, it. The name yeah. very familiar. Okay, so our story starts in August 1943 when Rodney was born in Texas. His father left his family 
And so the mom, a few years later, was like, you know what? I'm going to move our family out to Los Angeles, try something new. But Rodney grew up. He started feeling like abandonment issues and such because his father left and he just kind of was a little weird kid. By 17, he joined the army. He was in there until 1964, but they discharged him on medical discharge for being antisocial. I'm going to oh. tag in our resident psych expert. <laughs> when I, it doesn't mean antisocial doesn't mean what you guys think it means. It means literally a sociopath, but go ahead. So what, yeah, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean, it doesn't mean like, oh, I don't like to be social. I don't like talking to people. That's yeah, it, it, means. it literally means like you cannot, you don't, you don't like um, the cultural norms. You don't follow the cultural norms. Like you literally are like outside of a society. You are a sociopath. So when I called you antisocial. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> social. I'm not a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's so weird. Because yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I but you don't follow like, the like, yeah. norms. No, no, but people people use it like that. Like, oh, I'm antisocial. Or that person antisocial. Yeah, like, it literally means this person's like a sociopath. Like, they're they're the one that's probably like torturing little animals. Like, they're the one mm. that like does not engage. Like, they know like um like they have like Emphal- a lot of affect. Like, yeah, they don't like they can't sit there and relate to have like empathy and things like that. They're literally a sociopath. But yeah, all right. Difference between sociopath <clears throat> and a psychopath too. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so he left the army and he enrolled in UCLA's fine arts for a fine arts degree in 1968. He that's when he graduated. This is the same year he committed his first crime against Tali Shapiro, an eight-year-old girl who was on her way to school, and he lured her into her car. His I don't car. Know, his car. Yeah, he lured her into his car, but somebody noticed that this was happening, so he followed them. The motorist oh. followed them. Yep. And he called the police. God bless him. God bless him. But he's a little too late. The police get to his house, to the house mm-hmm. that they were at, and he finds the little girl, Talia, Tali, in a pool of blood. <gasps> and so they're like, well, shit, we're too late. Let's at least find this dude, Rodney, oh who's goodness. whoever took this girl. Yeah. So they're searching the house, but then they realize, oh, actually, she's actually alive. Oh, my so God. So they thought, like, she was dead because of all this pool of blood mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, so they go attend to the girl, and they try to help her. But in the meantime, while they're helping her... Rodney escapes out the back door. Wow. So in the apartment, as they're searching for Rodney mm-hmm. after he left or whatever, they found a bunch of different photos of different young girls. So I realized, like, this Ew. dude is... Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, but they didn't find him. And Akala changed his name to John Burger. <laughs> John <laughs> Burger? John Burger or Burger or whatever. Is that Rodney? Yeah, yeah so that's him it. now. But he moved to at New York, and he enrolls in New York Film School. Um, you guys should know that he was placed on the FBI's most wanted list. So, oh. as Rodney or as his as Rodney, okay. but he changed his name. But so. he changed his name, and this is back in the day when we didn't have technology and such. Mm-hmm. So, like people don't know about it. You could mm-hmm. be literally right next to a serial killer, and you might not know it. Right. Um. So he's at MIU, and he um is like using this ruse to like take pictures of girls and stuff oh, like oh i'm a um, yeah. film student yeah i'm doing this f- portfolio or whatever and he takes photos of all these girls he doesn't really attack any of them but he does use that to get mm-hmm. to women or whatever mm-hmm. um in the summer he works at an all-girls summer camp wow each time i kept saying like how is this guy getting jobs mm-hmm. but i had to remind myself like they didn't Different have name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and they didn't have the thorough. technology we have mm-hmm. but in 1971 the two girls there's two girls attending this camp who went to the post office, and this is where a lot of people got their information back then, mm-hmm. they saw the wanted poster. Oh. So they call oh. the police. The police apprehend him. He goes back to Los Angeles for um, his case for the murder, not the murder, but the attempted murder, the rape, all of that mm-hmm. stuff that he did to Talia. And he, 
Um, the flaw is that Tali's family, like, they were like deuces. They left the state. They went back to Mexico because after um, Tali was okay, mm-hmm. she recovered. They went to Mexico, and they didn't have the witness there. Oh, um, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they couldn't charge him with the rape, the kidnapping, the assault, or the attempted murder, but they were able to get him to, charge, uh, to plead to child molestations. But everything else was dropped. Mm-hmm. So he was sentenced to a year to life, but was paroled after 34, year, or 34 months. Wow, 34 months? Yeah. Yeah, they did not take, like, sex crimes or, like, child crimes really that serious. But also, he um was he was paroled out of the interde- indeterminate sentencing program. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with that, but that's where there's a, a board of people mm-hmm. who determine, like, okay, this person's rehabilitated. We feel like he's good to go into the right, public. Okay. Not a judge who's like, nah, this, you know? Like, I feel like a judge would have been like, mm. But a jury, he was able to swoon them because he had that personality, like, mm-hmm. That a lot of these serial killers do. So um, he was let go, and within eight weeks, he was returned to prison because he violated his parole for trying to give a 13 year old girl marijuana. Oh my goodness. So for, for violating parole, he went to two years behind bars, but was released again in 1977 for the same program that, that he was able to talk his way out of saying, like, oh, I'm rehabilitated, I'm a good guy now, whatever. Mm-hmm. The people let him go. Um, so he returned to Los Angeles and he got a job at the LA Times. An interesting fact that I heard was that um, he was working at the LA Times while they were covering the Hillside Strangler or whatever. Oh, wow. Dang. You know, so like, it was just like, ooh. Yeah. They want, meanwhile, they got this whole dude yeah. here. Oh. <laughs> um, but he went back to killing right away. He, his, first, his first victim after Tali was mm-hmm. um, Jill Barcombe in 1977. He raped, sodomized, and murdered this 18-year-old New York, who, New York native who was in California, who had recently moved there. He smashed her head in the, her, a rock in her face, strangled her to death, tied a belt around her neck to strangle her, and left her body in like this mountainous area near um, Hollywood. And um, people found her a few days later, and he had posed the body with her face in the dirt and, like, on her knees. So he had this weird thing about posing the bodies. Oh, my God. He said murder, but make it art. Make it art, yes. Okay. Okay, and then um, his next victim, December 1977, raped, sodomized this, and murdered a 27-year-old nurse. He used a hammer to sexually abuse her. What the fuck? Then used a claw to beat of the hammer to smash her head in and strangled her to death. Her body was found in her apartment a few days later. His next victim, Charlotte Lamb, was raped, beat, and murdered. Um, she's a 33-year-old legal secretary, and he used her shoelace to um, strangle her to death and left her body in a laundry room, also posed her, and she was found a few days later. But are, is he opposing all these people the same way? Um, like, with their face on the floor and on I, their knees? It doesn't seem that way. It seems like he's just doing it for shock value. Mm-hmm. So he's doing whatever he can for shock value. And he seems that way because he's doing all this shit to these people. Mm-hmm. As a film, like, he tried to go to film school. It kind of seems like he's trying to tie back art or film. Mm-hmm. Some sort of way he says Yeah. Art. Art. Okay. Well, you kill. Wow, okay. Um, his next victim was Jill Parentu. She was, um, his, he attacked her in June. He raped and murdered her. But as he was getting out of the building, or out of the window, he left some blood. His blood? Yes. So um, they were able to link him to that. He was charged with murdering her, mm-hmm. but the case was later dismissed. Why? Why? I feel like he has people in the police department or some shit no, that are coming for him. Like, why? That how many people just slip through the cracks for like, damn, it's sad. 
So anyways, next victim. Mm -hmm. So this is the final of the four victims that he did in um, California. He murdered a Robin Samso or whatever. She's 12 years old. Robin and Bridget were these little girls at the beach, and he asked them to pose for pictures, for some more pictures. Um, Later, Robin got on a bike and headed to to a class she was going to take. But he grabbed her, kidnapped her, murdered her, and dumped her body near, like, the, some mountains or whatever. And her body was scavenged by animals. Mm. And her skeletal remains were discovered. And he, they, re- they saw that he had knocked her front teeth out. Mm. He was arrested for this crime because the Bridget, the girl that was with him, said, like, to the police, there was a guy that asked us about taking pictures or whatever. They got a sketch out, and his parole officer realized, like, that's that's Rodney or whatever. And so they go to his house to arrest him, and they're at, he's at his mom's house or something, and they arrest him, and they also see that he has a, lock, a storage locker in Seattle. So they grab the key or whatever, and they go to check it out. <coughs> they find the pair of earrings that were the little girl's. Um, and they see so many photos of different girls, too. He was charged and tried for some, whatever, this girl's murder. And he was he's sentenced the death penalty. But it was overturned by the California Supreme Court, I think, because people weren't really with the death penalty or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was tried again. Um, but that was also overturned by the Ninth, court, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Appealed it and got it overturned. That's what I'm after killing his lawyers. lawyers. <laughs> Actually, that's an interesting thing because third time's a charm. He was um, again on trial for the same murder, and DNA was collected from those other three murders or other four murders from Los Angeles that I mentioned earlier. And um, so they charged all. They put all of those crimes together, and in that trial, he represented himself. Oh my god. <laughs> Which I feel like is basics for these like serial killer oh, yeah, crazy yeah. people. Like they just have that feeling like, oh, I can do anything. Yeah, and I'm just powerful. Yeah, it's it literally well, it's it's part of Bundy that did yeah, that. Yeah, too, yeah, that really yeah. There's so I feel like there's so many They really truly pre- think that they're like the it, smartest person. No, they're like, I'll get away with this. He didn't get it wasn't nothing. Ooh. He didn't make it, so he was charged <laughs> and he was found guilty of five counts of capital murder, one count of kidnapping, and four counts of rape. Well, finally, finally. Yep. The um, currently he's on death row. He's at, still alive. Yeah. Wow. At San Quentin State Prison, um, and while he was in New York, there's two crimes that were connected to him as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. That he never got charged for. That he they after the fact okay. they did after they charged him for the first okay. five. Um, but currently, there the police released like a bunch of pictures that were found in his storage locker. Mm-hmm. They only released about 120 because the rest were too sexually explicit. Oh my god! But the the 120 that they released are people that have been missing or kids that they believe have gone missing. So the Did amount of people he amount of victims he might have is so much higher. But they released it to the public so mm-hmm. that people can identify like is this somebody that you know or whatever right. or do you have any information? Dang. You said 120? There was a thousand photos There's in that place, yeah. oh, but God. they released 100. That's wild. That's yeah. crazy. Isn't it's it not... crazy, like, the, um, how much people can do? And the fact that, like, he went to so many different cities. Like, yeah. he, was in, yeah. he was born in Texas, but he went to New York for film school, killed there, killed in L.A., California. also ca- killed different areas of California, has a storage place in Seattle. Like, he just... He's just diverse. Man, he's a, a global. He's global. Like, okay. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just crazy how you... he Because of his personality and a lot of personality of these, like, killers, mm-hmm. 
they he was able to talk himself like charm oh, yeah. his way oh obviously i forgot the big one of the biggest parts he um he was titled the dating game killer oh. because he oh, went on the dating, dating game okay that's weird there's the yeah, show yeah, the yeah. dating game and he went on it and he actually won so that's where three contestants are like hidden and there's a girl and she kind of like asks them questions and stuff and at the end she decides like who do i like number one number two or number three she ended up picking him, mm-hmm. but at, and they, they, had, they had good chemistry or whatever, but then after the fact, like, backstage or whatever, she was like, Weird I'm not going on yeah. a date with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's really creepy. Like, she she could have been dead had it. She, like, Dang. went on that date. That's yeah. why she didn't. Yeah. After turning him down. Right? Like, he would have killed her? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who would have haunted her down? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Damn, this really? guy just weaved his way. That's what I was saying. like, so many parts They're charming. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's anti-social. It's kind of long, but it was a lot, yeah. I can go next because okay. my crime story is very interesting. It's the opposite way. The innocent man kept getting charged for the murder. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah, okay, while the wow. person who committed it was like Getting going free. Away. Yeah, going oh, free. No, okay. My story um, starts on September 28, 2000, 2000 um, with a guy named David Cam. Um, and this is about the Cam family. So David Cam um, was a family man. He had um, a wife. His wife his name is Kim he had a a daughter and a son his son Bradley and his daughter Jill um and they lived in a small town in Indiana um and they're just like a happy family so David is uh he was like a police officer but he retired and um started working for his family business and he was making more money like living his life like like enjoying his retirement life with his family goals yeah so what happened is so this on on September 28 2000 um david was playing basketball with his church group and they're all playing basketball and then decides to come home around 9 26 p.m and he opens the garage to find his wife <laughs> killed and in, in a pool of blood as she's on the ground and he freaks out instantly and he's just screaming and saying like what the heck like calling her name out then he goes and he's like okay where are the kids his wife is dead he goes to check the car and his daughter is still in her car seat like and her head's down um his son is like over the chair he's dead too um and he checks on his son and his son felt kind of warm so he brings him out out of the car to do cpr on the son but couldn't save him calls 911 and so since he was a, a um a retired police officer calls 911 and i want you guys to hear the 911 call yes so let me find it real quick
Okay, so how do you guys feel about that was that, phone call? that was very intense. Does it he sound intense. like somebody that's guilty of murdering no, his no, family? No, he seems frantic. Yeah. Like, he Are seems like, what happened? Yeah. And that 911 call is going to come back to, like, haunt him because they think that's what makes him guilty. Like, someone that was How? Because he's not, like... I he just, I don't like yeah, it. I've heard in other 911 calls where the person is, like, they'll... Like, there are people who literally end, like, yeah. like 911 calls or whatever, but, like, they won't, like, say, like, my wife, although, like, she... she Something's wrong with her. Like, they won't specifically say it, but he's blatantly mm-hmm. said that they're dead. He's distraught. He's asking for help. He wants everybody there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm confused so. as to how they're going to... Plus, I hate when they, um... When they analyze how the vic- like one of the victims... How, yeah. Yeah, because like I can't imagine how that oh, exactly. yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like I would be guilty because it's I like know. A, yeah. a, is there a way a right way exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. but yeah so everyone comes to to the home and they find the crime scene like very interesting because it was cleaned up what yeah it was cleaned up and so they come and they're looking at everything so um, the wife, all of them were like execution style. So the wife got shot in the head. The daughter got shot in the head while she's still in her car seat. Um, the son looked like he was trying to escape, so he was over the chair and he got shot in the ab- in the spine towards the back. So it, it, they said like he might have like he had like a slower death, but I think he was the last one to be killed. Wow. Um, so they clean up and then what they find at their crime scene is a a print on the car on the side of the car and they find a gray sweatshirt that has blood on it from um um, his son bradley um and the collar of the sweater says um it says backbone on it and everyone's like okay we don't know anyone named backbone that's not david's nickname like why is the sweater here so they put that stuff and they send those the dna the DNA stuff in and right away because he's the husband they take him in for mm-hmm. questioning and stuff and so what happens is they're um they start hearing like um people start coming forward like especially a woman so I guess he is like a cheater he's been cheating on his wife for many years over their marriage um and a lot of women start coming forward saying like oh like we had a relationship and he's like very like flirty guy um but he was saying like so they use that to say like you know what this guy that's his motive like he he has all these women that he's been with um and his wife found out so therefore that's what his uh, his motive was to kill his family so he's charged with the murders of his family um well off of that off of that yeah and when did that when was this huh when was this back in 2000 Oh wow! So that's recent. recent. Yeah, yeah, very recent. I was expecting something like seventies or eighties because yeah. I'm like, okay, they didn't really have that much technology, but two thousand yeah, like yeah, yesterday because they, yeah. they couldn't figure out. They couldn't, Twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, so they couldn't figure out like what, like what was the motive? Why would anybody want to yeah. come this kill this wife and her kids like in the garage? And it's like a really yeah. violent crime. Like it, mm-hmm. it looks like it's something personal, like personal, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they couldn't figure out. This. So they charged the fa- uh, the father David with the crime, mm-hmm. and it's his own police. Uh, his co-workers yeah his ex-co-workers basically like charging him with a crime did they believe it was him too do you know or yeah so that's the only evidence that they had and they said there was no one else to like come Come forward forward. Mm -hmm. for the murders they they couldn't figure out anything else so they said that's the motive and on top of that when the medical examiner was like looking at the bodies the five-year-old girl jill they found her underwear was bloody and it looked like she's been like molested what yeah so there was like bruising that's consistent with being molested or sexually abused so they're like oh the father did this to her and that's what he's trying to cover it yeah but 
the prosecution, like, they love this stuff. They're like, okay, so this guy is a cheater. Mm-hmm. He molested his daughter. Like, that's what we're getting. So we're going to charge him with them with a murder. So they go in with all this, all that, all those um, motives, and he is sent. He's actually found guilty by the jurors there, and he's charged with uh, um, murdering his family. Um, so they call that family annihilator, I think. Huh? Where like the family annihilator, where the person will literally just kill all of their family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it took the jury like three days to deliver on this, and then they charged him with 195 years for the murder of his family. Oh my yeah. So basically, life. Yeah, basically. Basically, <laughs> it's just simple. You could just, yeah. <laughs> just say that instead of like a year. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know why they do that. Ninety-seven years. Okay, this person's forty-five. How are they gonna live? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Are you gonna keep those guys alive? Yeah. Now? And so his. It, so this happened in two thousand. So two thousand two is when the trial started, and they came to that decision. Mm-hmm. And one of the other key things that the prosecution had was that on David's clothes they found the little girl's blood. And it was only eight little tiny splatters that you couldn't see with the naked eye, but through a microscope, you can see it. Mm. And they had uh, an expert come up and basically say, like, that is the result of shooting someone. Um, If you're the shooter, four feet away from them, you would get that kind of splatter on you. (laughs) And that didn't make sense because it's like you're four feet away from the person and you're shooting them. Like, how do you get only eight splatters Mm. of blood um, specs right. on on your clothing, you would have like hundreds, millions of mm-hmm. different kind of. Sp- mm-hmm. But four feet is not far, huh? Four feet is not far. It's not mm-hmm. far, and especially if you're shooting. So David was going on about how like he could never do that to his family, and then also like physically, like he couldn't be there. He was playing basketball, and I guess there was three games of basketball, and he was playing the first game. The second game he sat out, and the third game he was playing. So they said that he used. This, he was kind of like trying to create like a, an, a, alibi. an alibi for him. So he snuck out the second game and went to go murder his family, came back in time for the third game to play and to basically create an alibi. And he had 11 people vouching for him that he was there. Mm-hmm. But the jury didn't take that. So they charged him in 2002 with 195 years of in jail. So um, in prison, I mean. <laughs> And then two years later, David and his team overturns the um, the, the appeal. The, they appeal the conviction, mm-hmm. and he is allowed to do a new trial. However, now they can't focus on his allegation of cheating on his wife. Like he, they can't talk about that because I guess that painted him to be like mm-hmm. uh, uh, like. The, the jurors already hated him. So they're and like, that's motive, too. That, yeah, yeah that's motive. Yeah, so they're like, we're going to cross that out. So the prosecution starts starts with using um, the daughter's molestation mm-hmm. claims, and they're like, you know what, that's what we're going to hone out on, and that's what we're going to charge him with. So what happened? They go to trial, and they're on and on about it, and then he's found guilty again for the murders of the family yeah so is this with the jury too with the jury yeah found guilty again and it was in a different county this time from Mm -hmm. his other county he's found guilty again and david's like i didn't do this like i why would i murder my family again he overturns that uh, conviction and gets a third trial and during that third trial so they get uh, his defense team says you know what we need like all all evidence to be checked out and like exactly. we, we need everything like that sweater what whose sweater was that and i guess they didn't find david's blood on there or any of his dna but they have 
a man and a woman's like unknown man and a woman's and so the first trial the um the prosecution said that they ran that through the system like the fbi system and they mm-hmm. couldn't find any matches so they're like whatever he codes yeah mm-hmm. They said we couldn't find the same with the palm print. They said we couldn't find it. So David's defense team goes, no, we're going to like re retry that again and see who those prints belong to. So it happens that the first trial, they accidentally forgot to uh, send in the, those prints. No way. Yeah, so it never got tested. No. Like they've never. So they. Assuming. Huh? Right? Assuming. Yeah, so this man has done like time like years and years in prison um so what happens is um they go back and um and they go back to testos and they find a match and it's a guy that's uh uh, like he's a he's a convicted criminal basically and he just recently got out of prison when the family like a few months before the family was killed he got out of prison so he was in the system at that time so even if they had run it yeah and oh i keep forgetting a lot of things so one of another thing that was odd about the scene is that the wife's shoes her heels were on top of their car and they couldn't figure out like what was going on they're Mm -hmm. like what the heck so what happened is um so they get the DNA hit back, and it's this guy named Char- Charles Booney, and his nickname back in prison was Backbone. So they're like, whoa, okay, here we go. So um, so Charles, I guess I can give you guys a little background on Charles. He lived in, like, that same state, but, like, went to, I believe he went to New York to go study, like, to be an education teacher, but he was, like, a, like a weird guy. He's had an obsession Did with women. No. He has an obsession. He's a shit guy. He's an obsession with women's shoes and he's assaulted like many women, like basically like going to them and like taking their shoes and stealing their shoes off them, like coming to people. I can only imagine somebody coming up to me to have your feet. taking your shoes from you so he's been charged with that crime multiple times like like a bunch of women reported it and then he was charged with it so he had like 11 convictions and he was like he was in and out of prison like he was for damn shoes for yeah stealing and then like assaulting women like beating them and all Mm -hmm. these things that he he, he's crazy he like Mm -hmm. loved like women's were his like his victims that he went for all mm-hmm. the time. So, so they get Charles, like the handprint is his, the sweater is his, his DNA is all over the sweater. Damn. And they're like, okay, we, you guys got the wrong guy. So uh, drop David's charges. Mm-hmm. So the, they decide the, um, the courts decide to drop the charges on David. They call him. They're like, yo, you're good for it. Like, and at that time he was out on like a bond, um, mm-hmm. a, on a bond release and he was with his family. And like, that was the first time that him and his family could actually like mourn the death of the family. Cause that was like, they were so busy trying to like get him to jail. Yeah, yeah. And make sure that he was like innocent. And so his family believed him. Huh? His family believed him. His family did, but the wife's family didn't. Yeah. Anymore. I because probably wouldn't they, either. Yeah. Cause they're like, he was cheating on yeah. her. And then they also were like, the main, ones that kept going back to the girls being the girl being um molested yeah um they kept saying like she was really strong fighter but the fact that it was her dad she would be like more trusting of him yeah so they were like yeah we can actually like believe that but his family stood by by his side so he was released on i think it was like twenty thousand dollar like bond release and bail yeah he was like home with his family mourning the death of his family um and what happens is he gets a call and they tell him, yo, we found the guy who did this, like, 
sorry, you're off the hook. Like, all charges have been dropped on, uh, dropped up against you. And he's here with his family, like, finally, like, you know, I'm they free. found the truth. Yeah. 60 minutes later, they call him to tell him, oh, we're coming to get you. Basically, you're, you're, you're still, um, they, there's... Co-conspired? Co-conspired, yeah. They're like, you're under, like, you basically murdered your family with this guy. And they just wanted to put him back. So he ends up... Because they probably don't want to look dumb. Like, yeah, they, they, they didn't want to look dumb. But I mean, dumb. why even bother making the first call? Because if, if that was the case, you should have just, from jump, said, okay, we believe that he was co-conspiring with this guy to, to do it. Was it two different people or, like, two different... That's dumb. They made themselves yeah. look stupid. They, right? yeah, they, they did. They, yeah, they, the no, they, they couldn't find any connection between this convicted felon and this a retired police officer. Right. They could not find anything. So um, they and then they go pick up Charles, um, which is the guy who actually committed the murders. Um, and he's like, "Oh, I know why you guys are here." He's like, "There's there was that crime that was done in that small town in Indiana. Like, I know you why you guys are here." And like, "Oh, okay." So he, this guy just talks and talks and he's been like keeping up to date on this murder like he knows God. everything that's been happening and he's like oh yeah and they were like okay we found your prints we found your sweater and he goes well he's like no you guys couldn't find my prints i wasn't at the scene um my sweater i donated it to a salvation army like i don't know how it got there like i just got out of prison i'm on a good road blah 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 and they're like no like we found your prints like you were there and so i guess he I he like confesses basically saying, Oh, you know what? Like me and um the David. father David, we met at uh, at the basketball court and he's like he's a he's a retired police officer and I'm a, a convicted fellow. So he told me he's like, Oh buy me like I'll give you money, get me a gun that no one can trace back to anyone and he's like, Yeah, so I went to go give him the gun at the house and that's why um um uh, my prints were at the at the house and he's like I gave David the gun and he shoots his wife, kills his kids and then he's like I I was like running out of the home and he's like I tripped on her shoes and that's why I put her shoes on top the car because I tripped and then they're like really you're really focusing on that you're about to get get killed by this guy and he said he didn't get killed because the gun the gun jammed so he's like David wasn't able to kill him and he got away this is so dumb huh so dumb right but the fact that he kept up with it to the point that he he could use this lie like you know how long long he was like just making up so that there's no loose ends or no questions and how to answer wow like the moment that he said that they should have known that this guy is like okay yeah and he kept changing his story but that story is the one that he stuck with so they get david back in and they're like yo you're a co-conspirator with this guy like you guys basically plan to kill your family but now instead of they can't use they can't use uh, uh, the uh, the young the girl's m- molestation and the cheating because they're like you have to have proof of the of him molesting her right. and like it has to be him like so mm-hmm. how like you guys have to have proof so they're like you know what scratch that we're gonna say he wanted to get the wife's life insurance <laughs> so that's that's what they went to court with and I so they had a separate they had separate um, trials and Charles was. Um, Basically, he he was um, convicted of killing of the family, and he got two hundred and twenty five years. Wow. And then for David, um, 
cheating. Like, they couldn't talk about the cheating. They couldn't talk about the molestation. But they could talk about, like, the life insurance that was their new motive. And they're, like, this him and this guy basically, like, met up, planned to kill his family. It was all David's idea, yada, yada, yada. And the defense team basically, like, they find holes in all of the... Right. All, the all, reasons, reasons, yeah. all, the, all the you reasons. pay him? Like, what? Yeah, they're, like, there's no way. They, they didn't know each other. There was no phone calls between them. Yeah. Nothing. So they couldn't find any, like, traces of them knowing each other. And then on top of that, like the um, defense team, the defense team kept um, like they kept like finding different things. Like this guy's DNA is there, and um, also they found the the um, Charles dude's DNA in the wife's underwear. They found it on the girl's shirt. His DNA. They found it all over the crime scene. Basically, like he was the one who committed the murder. And then yeah. like physically, like this guy's playing basketball, and like he has eleven alibis. Like there's no way that he. W- yeah Yeah, there's no way that he can do that um and then the prosecution kept saying like no like charles doesn't have like a motive like this this guy actually like paid him the dad paid him he didn't want to be a family they checked his bank account there was like no money given nothing they couldn't find anything so just before as the jury was about to go the judge goes hey jurors listen I'm going to give you guys a third option instead of, like, finding him guilty or non-guilty. Like, how about we say that um, that maybe David, like, kind of, like, helped him, but he wasn't there. Like, he helped the guy. Like, he basically planned the murder with the, the guy. The judge is saying this? Yeah, the judge is saying Is that allowed? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not allowed. Everybody was so shocked that he's, like, maybe, like, uh, um, that... Um, he He kind of, like, helped him and, like, kind of set him up and then, like... David wasn't really there. He wasn't the one that pulled the trigger. He wouldn't do. So they just really wanted to get this guy. But I guess the jurors, the jurors met. And one of the other things that was like a really uh, shocking thing that the defense team came forward was with was um, remember those eight splatters? Mm-hmm. I guess the expert that they brought on the prosecution was like he he falsified his um his credentials. Wow. Yeah. So I guess they're like he was just faking the whole thing. I guess they paid what? him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's they're like there's no way it does not make any sense for you to be four foot from someone and shoot them and only have eight splatters yeah, on you. And it was consistent with the dad when he was picking up his son um mm. and he like went over the daughters and her hair. Like that's oh, where it came from. Okay. So yeah, so the jurors with all this information and plus the all the DNA evidence was like this is the first trial like everything was out in the clear right like the jurors came back and they decided that he was not guilty and that he was a free man for so many years and he made like a statement saying back i think it's in 2016 it was when he he was finally like free right from 2000 to 2016 he's been fighting this yes but but when but he was not guilty found not guilty years ago yeah then in 2016 oh i mean sorry october 24 2013 yeah so from 2000 yeah it was 2000 until 2013 that it took over like a decade Wait, what did he say what was huh? his statement? he was he was saying like it's obviously clear like this man like yeah his like searches for a woman like kills them yeah and, like actually like and threatens, the threatens to kill them this yeah in their garage, garage yeah in their mm-hmm. home okay. threatens to kill them and he's like he went one step forward with my wife and basically like killed my wife and my kids yeah yeah and then he's like they have the right guy in there and then i guess her family like after he came out in 2013 that he was finally free like he got about half a million of her life insurance david did mm-hmm. 
and her, her family is like really like basically suing him to get the money because they're like he did kill his wife and they're they still don't believe that he's innocent mm-hmm. but insurance but yeah. like yeah he didn't yeah, sue the state right. or oh he did sue oh, the okay. state but they said there was probable cause that he could have done mm-hmm. it um, yeah he sued them for like yeah they're not gonna give him money <laughs> unless it was yeah like Black and white. They're not gonna give him no. Yeah, they said there was probably. We're doing an investigation. Yeah, we thought you were the killer at the time. Yeah. Damn. But but even it's so fucked up that they could just like ruin somebody's life like that and then like not give them anything and then basically just say, oh, we thought that's that was the case. So. But how could they? How could they have done that if they didn't run? They forgot to run the prints that could have. Yeah. Another thing is the prosecution. Like literally, it came over a lot of scrutiny because this was like messy because they're tampering with evidence yeah oh my god i yeah. gotta tell you guys the craziest part so charles has has a cousin that's a police officer and he works for a different department um but he was allowed to when when they first picked up charles he was allowed to sit in a room with him with nobody oh. there alone and they were he was able to i guess if they gave him strategies or he coached him but basically that cousin was there and then also they found out that the cousin took Kim's phone, which is the wife, and he took the, he took her phone from the evidence without without like anyone knowing. He just took it and took it to his home and like no one knows. The police knows. officer did. The police officer did. He's Charles' cousin. The actual yeah. police cousin. So what happened to this police officer? Because he's tampering with the evidence. I don't know what happened. Where's the justice? Where's the justice? Where's the justice? No, he's not. He's not. Charles. Charles is with us. Charles is with us. Say what? I'm shocked. Yeah. 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 He is. Yeah, I had to search him up, and Charles is really a creepy guy. Like he looks really, really creepy. Oh, oh my god! So now he's this not is Charles. I look like Shugnight a little. What do you <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, he looks like R. Kelly's cousin. Oh my god, yeah. R. Kelly. <laughs> And he, he wanted to be a teacher first. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, but he likes... Wow. The, his fetish was yeah, women's shoes. But yeah. That's disgusting. No. That is absolutely disgusting. Ugh. That was... Woo! Twists and, and turns. And this is the sweater that they found. And down and left and right. <laughs> That's Charles' sweater that they found at the scene. Wow. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Dang. Wow. That's yeah. shocking. Yeah, so with my story, it kind of correlates to yours because the serial killer's name is Charles, so Ooh, it kind of kind of correlates. Charles, um, but so my story, this serial killer was never found. Like he killed so many people, but nobody knew until he died that it, then they connect him to all these killings. Okay. So basically, this guy, um, his name is Charles Brandt, and he lived in Key West, Florida. And um, this specific year, there was a hurricane that was hitting. So his wife was basically saying, let's leave, let's let's evacuate. She was telling her family, like, my husband doesn't want to, like, doesn't want, he basically wanted to stay while the hurricane was happening. And then she kept trying to convince him and the family was just saying, like, stay with your husband. If he's not, like, if he doesn't want to leave, like, just basically stay with him. So for days, she was trying to, like, convince him. The mom who talks to her daughter every single day hasn't heard from her for, like, three days. Wait, wait, and then, wait, sorry. He wants to stay, and who? And his, his wife, wife his, Terry. His wife talks to her mom. Yeah. Okay. okay. So and it's telling her mom like Charles doesn't want to leave okay. and doesn't want to evacuate, and the hurricane's coming. And the mom basically tells her to like stay with stay her with husband him. and okay. try to convince him to leave, okay. or else like just stay there. And so Terry tries to convince him. Nothing. Nothing works. The mom hasn't heard from Terry for 
three days. So she sends her friend, um, Terry's friend, Lisa. I guess all of her friends are five girlfriends, and they all have each other's keys to each other's houses. So Lisa went to the house, tried to open the door, nothing. Like, she saw all the cars. Uh, nothing was untouched. Like, the cars So she didn't get into the house? She didn't get into the place because the lock was jammed. Like, the, oh. her key was jammed. So she tries to go around and knock on, like, windows and stuff because she saw all the cars. So she's mm-hmm. like, obviously, people are ignoring me. Mm-hmm. So she goes around, nothing. She doesn't notice anything. Then she looks into the garage, and she could see that there's somebody hanging. Oh, um, and it ends up being Charles that's hanging. And so what? then... Yeah, oh, someone's hanging in the garage mail. on a bed sheet, and it ends up being Charles, because oh, she can God. see it's a male. So then she calls um, the police. The police come use her key that was jammed to open the door. And then when the detectives went in, all of them came out puking, basically, because it was so horrific what oh, they saw inside God. the place. So Terry was stabbed seven times, and she was like in the living room, basically hunched over, stabbed seven times. They go upstairs, and then Michelle, who's Terry's niece, was in the master bedroom. Basically, she was killed with, like, her autopsy showed that she was killed with one stab wound to the chest. Um, but also, like, he removed her boobs, he removed, like, mm. several limbs, cut and he off. placed it around her, cut, her, cut it off, oh and placed God. it around her. And then he took a um, Victoria's Secret bag, and he just had, like, bras and stuff in Victoria's Secret all around. And oh actually, God. when they were, like, interviewing people, the co-worker, one of the co-workers said that he always used to say the niece was like a Victoria's Secret is the nickname that he used to call the niece so they found that like a little odd like why would you call your like your niece that that's weird right so the detectives automatically say it's a double murder suicide like Charles did it and he killed the other two um but they're like what's the motive like why could he have done this so then they try to dig into Charles family like family but like no one's really like sticking except his sister his older sister her name is Angela and so they call Angela and Angela's like basically do you not know Charles like history like he his case is sealed but like look into him so when Charles was 13 years old he ends up killing his mom and shooting (gasps) his dad in the back so one day he just decided to have like a psychosis is what the psychologists say and he went and shot his dad in the back um and all angela heard is her her dad basically saying no charles stop no and then he gets shot in the back and then he goes into the bathroom and the mom was pregnant eight months pregnant and he shoots her five times killing her like she had no fighting chance even when the paramedics came and then he went to the hallway and angela was there because she heard all these gunshots so she she saw him and then charles uh pointed the gun at her and tried to like it clicked but there's no bullets in there so she tried to wrestle with him with the gun and then she's like all of a sudden she kept saying i love you why are you doing this like i love you this is your family and then all of a sudden she's like he had this glaze in his eyes and it went away and then he was back to normal and then she tried to convince him like we're like i'll help you i'll cover everything up let's get the other two girls and like let's try to like get them downstairs and get them bundled up and like try to go get help basically so he she he helps her get the other two because they're um they have two younger siblings one that was two and one that was three and angela at the time was 15 and charles was 13 so he helps her he gets everyone in the living room she goes and tells him go get them jackets and like blankets and since it was winter this was indiana um go get them like something to like warmer and so as he goes up the stairs once he's at the top stairs she like grabs both girls and runs outside goes to the neighbor and then the neighbor like he runs after them and then once the neighbor opens the door the first thing they hear is charles saying i killed my family like i killed my my parents so they take him in they do like three psychological evaluations on him determine that it was like he wasn't it was basically a psychosis that he had um and then the father ended up pulling through the mom died but the Mm -hmm. father pulled through and the father surprisingly fought for her son and basically didn't want his son to go to jail or like face any sort of 
um, punishment. So he moved, actually, he moved Charles to Florida, sealed his case after it was dismissed, like it's sealed, so it never followed him. And then he moved him over to Florida with his grandparents to live. Within the year, which is, I found a little odd, because within the year, the dad got remarried and moved the three girls to Indiana, back to Indiana from mm-hmm. Florida. And he left Charles with the grandparents, who practically raised him. And then Angela stated after, when they were interviewing her, she's like, even to this day, if you were to come to family functions, and even if you were sleeping over, like she would lock her door and then barricade it just so that she can hear him if he decides to come in and tries to kill her and then she never had like any of her children never really got close to him even though that was her brother and so she ends up telling the detectives all this information and then once they look into charles they realize that there was 26 other cases around the area that were women that got mutilated in the same way that michelle did so they're tied basically i think it was like 26 of them that they could tie to him but they never fully like charge it because he's dead so then they just had to dismiss the case but now at least they know who the killer was and he ended up killing himself mm. so it's just it's all bad that's wild. It's wild mm-hmm. that they still had him in his life. Like that, yeah. I don't know about that. You try to kill me, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what the dad is thinking. Like, a, you get married, remarried, like not even thinking about your children within the year. Yeah. Like, I felt like that was a little bit sus. B, I'm like, you just toss him to your grandparent, like grandparents. I'm like, what if he just has psychosis and shoots everybody? But there? that's the thing. Like, what causes psychosis? Like, you're not just gonna wake up one day and like have like a psych, like a psych, like a psychotic a episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. something's causing it. Yeah. So that to me, it's like, what is causing you? to just wake up in the middle of the night and decide to kill everybody in your family. I don't well, know. What would y'all have done if you were the parent that survived? Bye. 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 That's what I was going to say. I'm a parent right now. If my child try to kill me, I'm out. <laughs> Literally, I'm out the game. Oh, Bye. I, 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 wait, would you put them in a... <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to group home. I'm not saying, like, um, that's what I something I, I'm thinking, like, he sent him to his grandparents. Why are you going to send him to the weak old grandparents? Right, right. That so they can take care of him like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't think I can see you the same I mean, way. I just wanted to get far away from him. Yeah. Good, and he took the kids with him as a... Good, yeah. yeah, that's wild, though. I don't know. I, I, I feel like the dad was a little sus. I feel like the dad, like, he could have been into the hospital. He could have gotten, like, yeah. treatment, basically. But the dad, like prevented like, all that like, from yeah, happening because happened. he just act like nothing was happening Wait, do you know when this was like what time it happened in the 70s that he killed a mom that makes and a then more sense. the other the other um in 1989 is when he committed the other murder that they tied him to so basically he was killing the entire time and covering it up uh, and he was doing so very well it wasn't just it like a one-time break and done no and right so it, it was an ongoing thing or maybe the psychiatrist like the the psychosis excuse was false and he just was like a a little sociopath yeah. was like, right it wasn't me i just had something come over me and I decided to kill everybody. Right. Like, you mean yeah. to tell me every single time you killed 26 different people mm-hmm. in addition to your mom and dad that you like try to kill that every single time you're going into psycho- psychosis? Yeah. But I bet it's hard to diagnose kids. I don't, it seems like it would be harder to diagnose yeah. a child. It, it is, but I mean, if that's like, it, it's the, like a ball that dropped because the 26 mm-hmm. people that died could have potentially been saved. Prevented, had, yeah. yeah, had he had they were like if they were like okay this is clearly something was going on with this mm-hmm. guy we need to keep him in watch like checking up on him make right. sure that all the psych you know the like psychological got issues care. yeah all mm-hmm. psychological issues were actually like notice mm-hmm. you know versus him just acting like oh I kill people and then nothing ever happened ever right. again but I'm gonna do it in secret this time Okay, so the wife actually, like a lot of people suspected that she knew something um, because 
Angela's, um, she dated this guy who happened to be Charles' friend. So, uh, no, was he, he was either Charles' friend or Terry's friend, but it was basically their friend that the Angela daughter? dated. Angela's the niece. Angela is the sister, is Charlie's oh, sister. Oh, okay. The older sister. Oh. And so Angela dated him, and she kind of told him, like, Charles passed. So he knew. And I guess one time they were vacationing, and I think it was like the Key West or something. They were vacationing, and Terry said something along the lines, insinuating that she knew his past. And so this friend always thought she knows. Like, there's no way that she didn't know. And so after she died, he went to the cops and basically said, like, Terry must have known, and they might have basically went together to kill Michelle. Oh, shit. But there's no way of proving it because Terry's um, Terry's uh, mother basically said that Terry would have told her and Terry never mentioned anything. Like, she wouldn't keep something like that a secret. So there's no, like, people are just speculating that might have right. happened, but there's no, like, details leading them to actually oh go ahead. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't They want to paint the poor woman as a killer? Yeah. Oh, my God. And the, the way that he killed her, the way he killed Michelle, I'm just, like, shocked. I'm, I don't want to yeah. see any pictures, but just imagine getting your boobs cut off. Like, yeah. And I'm surprised why he and why just he like didn't do that being around you. Like, why what? didn't he do that to the wife? Like, he just yeah. did it to only Michelle. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't that know if he liked sense. her. Maybe she was part of it too. Who knows? Wait, wait, what, what? What would make him turn on her? Huh? What would make him if they were in on it together? What would make him turn on it's her? Because he was ready to kill himself. So he's yeah. like, we're all going. No, he. But that's the thing. He didn't have to. She was in on it. He could have. He could have just simply like. He they would have killed it together and then just moved. Uh, yeah, or if you want to bring somebody else to come yeah. inside the house and like they could, there was a way that they could have covered it up. He could have happened in two thousand four. Do you want to die? No, you don't want to die. This All right, well, I'm gonna kill our niece. Yeah. I'm gonna kill myself for out. <laughs> yeah, this happened in two thousand four. That the last killing that he they, he killed himself it was in two thousand four. But basically, since the seventies to two thousand four, he was killing periodically, mm-hmm. like and consistently, it was killing. And that's probably well, why he didn't want to leave the house after the hurricane happened. His office equipment is. His murder room, and the fact that you like kill yourself afterwards so you don't have to deal with any yeah. of the mess, like you just have them. But I mean, he could have stayed. Like, what my thing is, what possessed him to kill himself then? Maybe it was all a plan. Maybe he was like, I'm ready to kill myself, so I'm going out with a bang. Right. That means yeah. I'm doing this to this Which person. Which is wild, though. It's like, what caused you at that moment? Because you were clearly getting away with it. Nobody right. was on to you. You were doing... You got 26 people that you killed. Nobody thinks it's you. Mm-hmm. What triggered? caused you now? Yeah, what triggered you to be like, mm, I think I want to get out this game now. Yeah. Ahead. Like, what happened? I don't know. Maybe maybe the wife saw him as we as he was murdering. Maybe yeah. Maybe it is. And she walked in on him. Yeah. And then he probably like. But why would he kill her in the living room? Because he kind of placed her to like as she was watching TV or something. Like he killed her and she was hovered over the coffee table. Yeah. I don't know. Did he kill her first or did he kill the niece first? I feel like he killed her first. And then he went upstairs and then he took his time with the niece. That's what it sounds like. And then there's no way that where she was located that she he could have dragged her anything like that. Yeah. He he killed her first. True. That's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm like, why would you? Maybe he loved the wife a lot and was just like, I don't want her to see me doing this horrible crime. Or I think he had the itch to kill. How many times did he stab the wife? Seven. Seven. Seven times. That's not love. That's not love. He wanted to kill her. He didn't call her booze off. Okay. Yeah, he did. (laughs) But he could just one time just jugular and kept her pushing. Oh my god, that's crazy. 
And I feel like the way that he killed Michelle, like, he must have liked her. That's, yeah. Or had some sort of feeling weird. Because, like, the things he did to her and the victories and the nicknames and all that, that just seems too weird. But him and Terry were married for 20 years. And I left this part out where, um, I guess they used to make each other's lunches. And they thought it was cute because if you know what the other person wants for lunch the the following day, it's, like, true love or something. Um, So everybody used to say that they did corny stuff like that. So even 20 years (laughs) after they were married. to her and they used to do like corny things like that all the time and so they were shocked that he would do that because it's not his behavior and up until Angela told them about his history like no one would suspect that from him he was so likable and so like she started like Crime Junkie started the episode by talking about like you never fully know your partner because they could have a history like this and and you would never have known and the uh, sister was too scared to tell like the girl he's marrying because obviously it's going to scare you away so it's like you never fully know like, who you're told? with. Huh? Would y'all have told? If I was a murderer? What? What? <laughs> I told that for a second. No. What if what? you were the sister of your brother who I sure, I'm her. snitching. You don't tell me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me nothing. But what if he comes and tries to kill you again? And this time, yes. successful. First off, I would never. I didn't even think I would be involved in your life. That's what I'm saying. Your life. I would go to the other side of the world and not keep up with you and literally be paranoid to come near you. I would not be dating your friend. I would not be talking <laughs> to you. I would not be engaged to your... Like, I would not be engaged with your life at all. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know who you're dating. I don't want to know about your marriage. Yeah. Like, what, if you, what if you... What if you feel like you really changed? I, nothing. No, I think or maybe the sister was putting that front on to keep herself comfortable. Maybe. You know, to make him feel comfortable. Because mm-hmm. that's what she did to begin with. In the moment, like, yeah. She's like, I got you. Like, yeah, I got like, you. Let's go. And then she ran out of the house. I'm literally getting away from you. So I'm sure she was, like, trying to act like, hey, like, I got you. I don't, got don't worry you. about it. I'm going to worry about that. Okay, but that's okay. At the beginning, yeah, for survival, that makes sense. When you literally need to get out of the house, laugh at him. But how, why do you need to do it when when you when you're an adult? You don't have to. Literally, go to the other side of the world. I he can show up tomorrow. But that's the house. But so, what are you gonna do? You're gonna sit there and be paranoid in his face? But then I guess. But then again, she did, after he maybe that psychosis like that explained everything. And they're like, and no, okay, I, you know what? Not because she something's over no, I think even her, like she was too close. Like the family's just a weird dynamic. Because if somebody were were to do that, like you would try to be distant even the father mm-hmm. but like she was still close to the maybe point that like she would invite him over like maybe maybe that's the father what, was a serial killer no, too no no that's what I'm thinking there must have been something bigger because what triggered him to to do to kill his parents there had to be I think there's like an underlying family secret that was mm-hmm. kind of like is the foundation for all of this yeah there's something and the funny thing is the father the father told the two younger one the two year old and the three year old like they didn't know that their brother killed their mom up until the brother died and Angela told them (gasps) before that they thought that before that I can see that before that they thought that I would do it, but I can see the reasoning behind yeah. it. No, but before they thought basically <laughs> that the mom died in a car accident. So the two-year-old and the oh. three-year-old thought their mom died in a car accident their entire life up until in their 30s when they realized their brother that they've been cool with their entire life oh. is the one that actually killed their mom. So I feel like the father That's is like low-key fucked up and That's just so a family up. dynamic in general like it's just kind of fucked up. Like it's they're trying to be a family but also they have this like one between yeah. them but they're still trying to be cool and I'm like Angela like if, if 
if you were that scared of your brother, like, why would you sleep in a house with your brother there? Like, I would why would you not tell your siblings? Like, why would you not tell your siblings? You make your own decisions, but that's the ultimate betrayal. What if you went on another psychotic episode and the little girl didn't know and didn't know to protect themselves? Like, right. also, when you're in a room, like, having this whole barricade to protect yourself, where are the sisters? Right. You clearly you let them Yeah, exactly. You let them just, yeah. like, have their door open while this guy can't. But you don't know that had on, on Angela to tell her, like, you know, don't tell your little sisters. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the two and I'm, I'm like, going. I'm send Charles and you. Literally, <laughs> the right. brother and the dad can do whatever it is they want to do. I'm taking my two little sisters and I'm dipping. Like, but even that's 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 and then even 30 years later, the dad is like, way older like they he owes it to like his children to, to, know, to know the truth about what happened to my mom for one and for two that my brother is a, kill, a killer and i'm in the same home as him yeah. that is messed up that's some sort of child abuse right that's, that's like and for three you never know what the stepmom did to him like, to, to them the what do you mean the stepmom like the, he got remarried oh, the, a year, oh, the, within oh. the year i wonder if she knew did she know the secret <laughs> the family dynamic was he cheating the entire time the father is just sus to yeah. me i have so many questions for him i feel like maybe his father just, very sus to me maybe he was sexually abusing charles and oh, that's okay we are, are just like this is a lot of regulation there has to be a reason i get why you guys are trying to like there's no way that something didn't happen or even just a sociopath that and that's why he was able to just like be fine after everything happened and his case got sealed or whatever but that's that's just like a rabbit hole. Like, we don't, yeah, there's no, no, there's don't trust any Charles from don't Indiana. Don't trust anybody from Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Indiana. Yeah. Woo, no Charles, so in, Charles Indiana. in Indiana. Block them. Block them. Indiana was in the past. Like now it's Seattle. Like the new city that oh, everybody Seattle got. Seattle has hella serial killers. Washington, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. State of Washington. Well, they got all the serial killers. Basically. And Utah. No. One of them. Flyover states. They're out. Listen, that that whole west area. In the Midwest is Indiana. Yeah, something's happening over there. Yeah, Midwest, we don't got that many killers. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. All right. The final, final spooky season story that we have is a I Survived episode, which is a show on Lifetime that I highly recommend if you like true crime, but like it's not like all true crime. It's every episode, there's like three different stories in each episode. It's like a 45 minute episode. And there's three stories of three different people recanting like their own stories of something that they survived. So it's like wilderness, like I survived a bear attacking me, or I survived a crazy car accident, or a storm, or somebody trying to murder me. So it's really interesting and really, really like wild because the person's literally telling you their story themselves so my story happened in february 2005 so a young lady named sarah brady was pregnant she's nine months pregnant she's a week overdue first child her and her husband or her now husband but they're engaged at the time um are like you know ready for their first child together she's like wow like this is awesome um she had like a registry at i believe it was toys r us um and she's like just waiting for the arrival of her firstborn child like kind of um enjoying the process um as one would do and um so she gets like a a a call from this other lady named sarah brody um she's like hey your name's sarah brady my name's sarah brody um we have similar names like i got some ideas from your registry that got sent to my house by mistake do you want to come and pick it up she's like okay cool bet i'm gonna come to your house so she goes to her house and um, she, she's like, I forgot. She's like, um, my husband lost the, the slip that had, like, the information on it, but here's the box of your gifts, and it's for you. Um, it's not my stuff. It's from your registry. Here, take it with you. You know, they get into a conversation. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, we're both pregnant, uh, uh, like, for having our first children. And then the Sarah Brody girl is, like, telling her about her husband. She's like, yeah, my husband's not home right now, blah, blah, blah. Um, she's like, okay, all right. Sarah Brady, our main character, takes her stuff and goes home. Mm-hmm. 
so she's like talking to her husband, um, her fiance at the time, um, just like catching up on uh, catching him up on her day, and she like tells him like, oh, I met this like you know this other lady that's pregnant. We have like similar names, blah blah. blah. Um, so it was cool to, like make a friend that's pregnant. Uh, uh, um, so her husband's like telling me like, yeah, that's awesome. Like you should you know continue to like maybe try having like a friendship with her. And then her brother-in-law, um, her now brother-in-law tells her like listen i just not, i'm not liking the situation i don't want you to go back over there like this is weird i don't like it he's like i just have a, a not so good feeling about this please don't go back over there again alone has she's like okay she's like you're kind of weird but she's like it's not that deep not everybody's out to get you i don't know why you're tripping about this so the following day she gets a call from sarah brody she's like yo i got another box sent to my house that's yours do you want to come grab it She's like, okay, cool. So Sarah Brady goes back over there. She goes in and she's like, when she, as soon as she goes into the main apartment building, like the front door of the apartment building, the girl locks it behind her and tells her some excuse about there's a old, like uh, a neighbor that like this old lady lives in the building or something like that. She's like, let me just lock the front door, the main apartment door. Um, I'm gonna lock it. She's like, okay, weird, mm, whatever. That's us. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I said, I'm gonna turn around and laugh. Yeah. yeah, very weird. Um, so she goes inside her apartment or whatever. She's like, yo, I forgot this. Like, my husband misplaced the slip. Let's, like, can you help me find the slip that says, like, your information from who sent it to you? Um, she's like, okay, weird, whatever. Um, she's like, oh, um, do you want to go take a tour around my apartment? She's like, you know, get comfortable, blah, blah. So she's, like, talking to her about, you know, just catching up about random shenanigans. Um, and the girl's, like, going around the girl's house, whatever. And she's like, this is really weird. She finds, like, um, a magazine. She sees a magazine of the Sex and the City um, actors actresses and their like faces are like crossed off bye exactly <laughs> i said whoa i'm leaving absolutely <laughs> goodbye i'm calling the police goodbye <laughs> so she's like this is bizarre and then she sees a inhaler on um the dresser that says the name um it says katie yeah it says katie i can't remember the last name but it says katie on she's like this girl's name is sarah that's very weird that there's an inhaler for katie here mm-hmm. weird because the apartment's just her and her husband is what she told her and she's pregnant with their first child as well mm-hmm. it's like weird but whatever and then um they can't find her or whatever and then sarah brady is like this is weird she's like okay well you know what we can't find it. it's not that big of a deal i gotta get going like i'm gonna head out and then the girl's like makes her way back out to the front like to the door to the apartment front door not like the main building door um so she's like trying to leave or whatever and then sarah brody just like gives her a hug and she's like before i can even say no to her hug she literally like she just jumps on me like gives me a hug and as she's doing so she grabs a knife from her pocket and starts like attacking <laughs> i should laugh <laughs> your reaction is kind of funny oh yeah I feel like I expect so that. yeah so she literally stabs her she stabs her, she she stabs stabs her with like, yeah no not in the stomach she stabs her with, with so the lady who's apartment it okay yeah sarah sarah brody katie aka yeah. bro yeah katie stabs sarah brady our main character girl with a knife so she's like what the fuck is happening like why is this lady on me a and why is she attacking me now like what is happening so they like are wrestling at this point like she's just trying to like get out she's like what the hell is happening like and the katie's like you stupid bitch and she's like fighting her literally like punching her like everything's happening at this point okay so she like fighting literally 20 minutes of fighting 20 minutes of fighting and mind you 20 minutes of fighting sarah brady is nine months pregnant and a week overdue Mm. okay so she can literally birth at any second about the other second. woman the other one's pregnant but I don't she didn't she didn't say how far along she was yeah. but she's pregnant like visibly was it pregnant. fake that's what I'm thinking can we can y'all just yell yeah, 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 yeah. y'all are just like getting ahead of yourselves okay just, just like take a step go. back okay so 20 minutes of fighting Sarah our, Sarah Brady our girl finally gets up gets the door unlocked is trying to leave she gets to the main front door and is trying to unlock the main front door Katie 
Sarah Brody comes, smashes her head into the glass at the front door. Literally, it's like fighting her. Sarah Brady's like, what the hell? Like, nobody's coming to save me. Like, I literally have to fight for myself. Sarah Brody, a.k.a. Katie, drags her back to the apartment. (gasps) And they go back into the tussle and hustle again. And are fighting, 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 fighting. At this point, Katie is on top of Sarah Sarah Brady, our main Mm. girl. And she literally has, like, the knife. Or actually, wait, pause. Let me run back. Because there's a little part that I skipped. Homegirl, Katie, is clearly psychotic because like, she switches off and she's like just starts like talking to her like normal and it's like we have to clean up my apartment my husband's gonna come back we have to clean up and she's like what the fuck are you talking about like you just attacked me so Sarah Brady um, is trying to be like calm she's like what the hell just happened like I clearly need to get out of here what, this girl clearly she's crazy you know and then she attacks her again Katie attacks her again with the knife this time so she's like fighting 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 they get off the, the chair she falls back on the chair they're fighting and then um, Katie gets on top of Sarah has the knife and is like trying to stab her with the knife and Sarah literally grabs the blade of the knife with her hands because she's like I have to she's like, I have to do this because I need to get myself and my baby girl out of here she's like I cannot like not protect myself right. even if I have to grab the baby she's like as long as I'm holding on to it she can't put it in me and stab me and kill me oh god so she's literally like getting her hands cut she eventually overpowers her gets the gets the, the knife and stabs Katie with it finally is able to get out of the apartment gets out of the main front door like stops this person's like driving on the street she literally stops them asks them to call 911 and then collapses and is out so she gets to the hospital and that's when she wakes up she collapses and then she wakes up in the hospital and the police are there they're like hey what happened like why why were you fighting a pregnant woman like what the hell happened like you're bleeding she's bleeding what happened um she's like she attacked me like tells them the whole backstory of everything that's happened and they're like okay um she wasn't pregnant like what are you talking about she's like yeah she was pregnant so they're like okay this is weird so they go to her apartment and are like doing um you know looking around whatever and they find like a a fake prosthetic Mm -hmm. belly Mm -hmm. in her closet that had blood on it or whatever Mm -hmm. um and they find like wait did she survive katie katie didn't survive katie died but she wasn't wearing the stomach. She, was, she, was, she wasn't wearing the stomach. She, so she had time she to took hide it off. Yeah, she took it off. Sometime, sometime along the way, she took it off. But she died. Eventually, when the cops got there, she was dead oh. from um, Sarah stabbing her for self-defense. But um, Sarah, actually, um, she was fine. Her baby was fine. And um, the cops were looking at her like, what the hell happened? Whatever. She tells them. So they tell her when they went to her, Katie's apartment and were looking around, they're like, yep, her name's not Sarah. Her name's actually Katie. Um, she's done this several times before where <gasps> she had, she had like a bag that they found that had like um, gloves in it. It had surgical equipment in it. It had like a little umbilical cord cutting things. She was prepared. She knew what she was doing. So oh, she was trying to take her baby. She was trying to take her baby. So so she's lied before to family, had several baby showers before where she'll say she's pregnant and um, she'll try to like prey on women who are pregnant and um, lure them to her apartment. So this is as far this is like the, the worst that she's ever like the farthest she's ever come essentially where she'll like find a registry and um, lure somebody to come to her apartment. Like, hey, I accidentally got your gift to my apartment. Like, come grab it and then try to act like she's like making this friendship with them to try to steal their baby. So she literally had it planned out that day where she was going to kill Sarah and take her baby and get away with it like she wanted i guess she said it 11 different times that she was pregnant told family that she was pregnant and was supposedly having a child 11 different times so she's clearly psychotic um but the police actually 
when when Sarah woke up, she was actually being looked at for murder because they're like, "You killed her. You murdered her. Like you did this." I and sure did. Exactly. I sure did. <laughs> exactly. So once they actually get all the evidence and everything, they figure out like, okay, Sarah's actually defending herself. She wasn't trying to kill this person. This person attacked her, and this was the only way that she could have gotten out was to like kill her yeah. essentially, which she didn't even want to do, and she feels bad about it. But that was the only way that she was going to survive was to take her out before she took her out but yeah now she's alive and well and has her her, she wrote a book about it she was on oprah this is from 2005 so she was on oprah she did her her whole thing but i was like that was literally one of my biggest fears when i was pregnant my biggest fear is when I was pregnant was somebody's going to kill me. very common. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there have, I've watched, like, Forensic Files episode about that, too, where somebody will try to, like, literally kill you to take your child. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of... Because there's a lot of people who are, like, can't have can't kids. Can't have kids. Or, yeah, like, yeah. they're having fertility problems. Yep. So I could understand, like, wanting a baby so still. badly to the point... Huh? Handmaid's still? Basically, <laughs> like, like, wanting a baby so badly that, like, you, you don't care where it comes from type of yeah. thing. Yeah. And surrogacy and, like, um, in vitro and all that is, like, so expensive. No, I, I was actually watching a Forensic Files episode about this where this lady, her boyfriend was going to break up with her and she told him, like, no. She's like, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm pregnant. You can't leave me. Da, 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 we're going to be a family. And then she ended up killing her neighbor who was pregnant, stole the baby, and tried to kill the husband as well, but he didn't die, and they eventually got the baby back to the dad. But she literally, like, was like, I need this baby to keep this man. I was literally shook because I was like, yo, like... I kid you not, this was my fear. And, like, to know that you have to hide, like, your pregnancy, you got to hide your wife, hide your kids, all of that is true. Hide everybody. Yeah. Hide yourself. Yeah. These show, the, every time I hear one of these news stories, I'm like, okay, see, I'm never doing this again. I'll never what do you that. Do? Like, you're not going to get pregnant. Like, you could literally... No, I'm never way, going to talk to a stranger. My husband yeah, is going to get to me. Back. Is, yeah, my that, that's getting me wild. And, like, her husband's, like, encouraging, encouraging her to, like, have a friendship with this person. He's like, oh, like, you're pregnant. She's pregnant. Uh-uh. Like, you know, similarities and stuff. Which... I get, but, like, at the same time, it's very bizarre. Like, it's yeah. so bizarre for me. Like, I understand things can happen where my my package gets sent to your house or whatever, but, like, when you're Send locking doors, yeah, like, when you're locking doors. Take it back to the store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, but she said she talked to her the first day when she picked up the package. <laughs> like, she talked to her on the phone for, like, an hour, and she's like, her husband, she told her her husband travels for work, so she's alone a lot of the time. She's like, she just seemed like a lonely pregnant woman, mm-hmm. which is understandable. It's like, your first kid, like, you, you're trying to reach out to other people who've had kids, you know, if you've had people in your life like that, or people that are going through the same journey as you. It's human nature mm-hmm. to, like, seek out people that, like, you know, understand us in a, in a sense, but, like, you, where, I'm sure you, she was getting, like, gut feelings that things were not right but not mm-hmm. listening to those gut feelings right. and she said to herself she's like, you have to listen to yourself like you have to listen to when you feel like there's something off follow your hunch and just be like you know what this is not an environment that mm-hmm. I want to be in any longer right. I'm out well those are really interesting crazy crime stories we hope that you guys enjoy i also wanted to say you guys need to be leaving us reviews please and thank you because i am getting messages that you guys really like the content that we're putting out but like our ratings and our reviews are not reflecting that so please 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 go leave us a lovely review and give us a five-star rating Wow. Or nothing at all. Amazing. <laughs> They're going to do that because our listeners are amazing. They are loyal. No, we, awesome. anytime we ask them something, they always listen. So um, I love them. But um, you guys also need to check out Eden's podcast. Eden, do you want to take it away? Um, me and my friend have a podcast called Forest Bias. It's monthly. We do now. We are not as consistent <laughs> as y'all. We do it when we feel it. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's on iTunes, too. And, and Spotify? Spotify? It's everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah so. it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. So go check them out, too. What kind of topics do you guys cover? Bias. Oh, Fubu. for us, bias. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I said the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. Fubu, for us, bias. Anything related to like being black, millennial, immigrant Culture, kids. Yeah. yeah. 
So they're always talking about the culture. Yeah. The culture. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. What about your? Give them your social handles. Like no, your, no, not yours. Not yours. Oh, relax. <laughs> no. Not yours. They'll find you if they want to find you, sis. I deleted all my pictures. Like archived all my pictures. Oh, and I'm like, oh, you're on mm-hmm. Emsiv. All right, that. Yes, yes. No, but um, the 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 podcast um, um I think we only have Instagram, and that's like at for us by us pod. Okay. okay. Yeah. We repost them so you guys can catch them there. Um, but that is pretty much it for us, guys. Um, catch us on Twitter at the Unread Pod and on Instagram the Unread Podcast keep sending those lovely messages that you guys are sending I appreciate it I see y'all I love y'all I love the energy keep it up Um, but we'll catch you guys on the next episode bye Bye. peace out Girl Scout